Welcome to the Be About Being Better podcast, where we empower you to make evidence-based, sustainable, and transformative changes for your health, leading to a more vibrant and fulfilling life. I'm your host, Abby Stacier, a non-diet registered dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor, and master's graduate from Columbia University. I believe that we can't make lasting or meaningful changes single-handedly. So I'm so happy that you're here so that together you can see that a diet-free, sustainable, healthy lifestyle is possible, and you can leverage that to live a better life. And remember my disclaimer, this podcast is meant to give you general information and is not meant to substitute or replace medical advice, a diagnosis, or service treatment. Hello, hello, y'all. Welcome back to the Be About Being Better podcast. I am so excited, more excited than I normally am to record because I haven't recorded a podcast in, it's been a minute. It's been a couple minutes. And by a couple minutes, I mean a couple months. I know we've had episodes coming out every single week. Really proud of myself for not missing a week while in my dietetic internship. But I had to record so many episodes and batch record in January, February and have so many guests. Like I was recording constantly January, February to batch record several months of episodes because I knew that I was really just going to have to have my head down studying for the registered dietitian exam and finishing on my internship. I was just going to be really busy. Um, but now y'all know I've passed the exam, officially registered dietitian. And uh, that's why we have a new intro. That's uh, not future dietitian. We are a real dietitian. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so excited. And um, so yeah, now I can get back to recording in real time. So get ready, y'all. We're going to have like more unhinged life updates at the start of each episode. Um, it's kind of hard to do when you're like batch recording, but um, now that we're recording more live, I can get my life update. So uh, to kick that off, I went to go run errands the other day, literally went into Walgreens for two minutes. I went to go get some like nail polish remover to like soak my nails in and whatever. Literally was in there for five minutes. Come back out. My car is covered, covered. Y'all, I can't even express, I've never seen anything like this. It was like my car went to a paint party, except it was not paint. This was legitimately a bird poop all over my car. And it wasn't just like one little, it was all over. Y'all, this bird straight up had diarrhea all over my Honda Civic and I'm sorry, I don't mean to be so graphic, but my first thought, first thought was, oh my goodness, this car literally just had straight up an accident all over my car. Second thought was, this bird needed the Nerva app. And if you don't know what the Nerva app is, let me put you on this. The Nerva app saved my life. Y'all know that if you listen to the gut health episode, and if you have not, I'm going to link it up on the show notes. I healed myself from IBS and SIBO and I tried everything out there to heal my gut. The only thing that healed my gut and has kept me from having flare-ups is the Nerva app. It's an evidence-based app. You'll know that we love the evidence here. So it's a science-backed app. They've done research on this. And technically the meditations, it's a meditation app. The meditations on this app are technically gut-directed hypnotherapy. 
So they're essentially visualization meditations, 15, 20 minutes, very short visualization meditations, and they are so effective. And when you sign up for the app, we're going to link this up in the show notes. I have a 10% off code, seven day free trial. You can see if you like it, they put you through their like six week program. So you do the meditations every day for six weeks. Now, y'all, I have never, I'm consistent with a lot of healthy habits. I have never been consistent with meditating. I've always wanted to be a meditator, but it just could never get it. I did these meditations every single day for six weeks and my gut healed. I literally was starting to have abs pop through. I was barely exercising at the time because it decreased all of my bloating. I could, I was having gluten, dairy. I didn't change anything about my diet. I, I worked all of these foods in and I tolerated it well. And the reason why these meditations work, I mean, there's so much science to it, but it's decreasing your stress. When you are in a stressed out fight or flight state, you don't secrete as many digestive enzymes. You don't secrete enough stomach acid to fully digest your food. So your food is being dumped into your small intestine from your stomach, not fully digested. And if it's not in the small enough particles that it needs to be in, it's not going to be absorbed. You're not going to get the nutrients. So the food's just sitting there. And in the case of SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth that I had, the food just kind of ferments there and sits there and the bacteria feeds off of that. And then you get more gut bacteria and it just like is oh, like a nutty look. Um, so you end up having a lot of gut health issues, bloating, diarrhea, constipation, gas, like not good. And a, a lot of times, a lot of distension, abdominal pain. I can't tell you, like from my own personal experience and talking with clients, when you're so bloated and so distended, like your stomach hurts. All of that went away for me when I started doing the Nerva app meditations. And I'm like, that's exactly what this bird needs. Like clearly this bird was having some sort of gut health issue and needs this app. So this is what I recommend. I cannot recommend the Nerva app more highly. And the reason why I was so consistent with it, and the more consistent you are, the more effective it is, obviously, if you're doing the meditations, um, is because I treated it like medicine. Like, hey, I'm not on any supplements right now to heal my gut. I'm not taking any medication. These meditations are my medicine. And I'm going to take 15 or 20 minutes to do my treatment. And that's how I was able to, I've never been a meditator before, but that's how I was able to do it for six weeks. So head to the show notes. There's a seven-day free trial of the Nerva app. If you have any gut health issues, any sort of IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, if you have any bloating or like weird symptoms, you need this app. And one of the reasons why I also think it's effective is that it gives you more autonomy over your symptoms. Like one of the meditations, you like visualize yourself in this control room and you have like all these different dials there and you see a dial that's like for your stomach sensitive. So if your stomach is like really sensitive to foods and you get stomach aches like very quickly after you eat, you like see what the dial is set at on a scale of one to 10. Maybe for you, it's like all the way up a 10 because your stomach is so sensitive. And you visualize yourself turning down the dial so your stomach is less sensitive. And then you lock it in, you pull that lever, you press the button in or like whatever, like you visualize yourself locking it in at the number that you want to set at, at that's of a lower sensitivity. You lock it in. And that doing that like repeated meditation over time gives you more autonomy over your symptoms. Like your gut doesn't have to control you. And there truly is a gut brain uh, access, a gut brain connection. So if we can change our 
mind, that can greatly influence our gut health related symptoms. So if you're having any gut health issue, try the app. There's literally no risk. There's literally no downside. You're literally just meditating. I'm not asking you to take a supplement. I'm not asking you to cut out any foods. This is literally meditating. I'm asking you to breathe for a couple minutes every day. You tell me if it's improved. We've had so many clients see amazing success from this app. Um, so try the seven day free trial and, and sign up for, for three months. So you can do the six week program and then some maintenance after that. Um, and don't end up like that bird. <laughs> All right, y'all. So for today's actual, um, topic, we are diving into how to stay healthy when you have a really busy corporate schedule. And I want to talk about this because I was just asked to be a guest speaker, do a little lunch and learn with some employees at the company Salesforce in New York City. And when I posted about it on my Instagram, I got so many DMs. They were like, oh my gosh, can I get the recording? Like, I need that. I'm a corporate girly. And I really struggle to like stay healthy, work, exercise, and like, you know, I'm working so hard. I always skip lunch and I don't want to skip meals. Like, how do I stay healthy when I have this busy corporate schedule? So I'm basically going to run through what I went through with these Salesforce employees. And some of the things y'all already know, because we talk about it on the podcast so much. So I'm not going to dive into like a lot of detail, but I'll direct you to the different episodes. If I've already talked about a topic a lot, I'll direct you to different episodes um, so that, you know, we have all those up in the show notes. You can easily get an elaboration. If you're like, oh, I've never heard that before. Like, oh, I want more of an explanation. When you are thinking about how do you stay healthy when you have a busy schedule? you have to make some mindset shifts first. And I think y'all already know what I'm going to say because I say these things so often, but it, it, it needs to be repeated. And especially if you're new to the podcast, I know we have a lot of new listeners. You need to hear these things again, or maybe you're just hearing it now for the first time. There's two mindset shifts that you have to make to cultivate healthy habits into your busy days. Number one, something is better than nothing. Something is better than nothing. When we are in the thick of diet culture, diet culture tells us we need to be all or nothing. We need to be checking all the boxes, doing everything perfect, all the things, firing at all cylinders all the time. And when that isn't realistic, when we can't sustain that, if we can't check one box, then it's not worth it to do anything. And I'm just going to do nothing. So for example, if you can't go to the gym for an hour and do a big workout where you're going to sweat and all the things, then diet culture will tell you, oh, then it's not worth it to even work out at all. But a non-diet approach, what we promote here is, hey, if you can't make it to the gym and do an hour long workout, number one, that's not necessary. You don't need to do that to cultivate a healthy lifestyle and see health benefits. But if you can't do that and go to the gym for an hour, do something. Maybe do a walk during your lunch break, 60 second plank, some stretchings, an at home workout, just 30 minutes of something. Make the barrier for entry smaller and do something rather than nothing. So you need to have that mindset shift and start to get out of your all or nothing mentality in order to lean into and be open to leaving healthy habits into your busy schedule. The next is you have to have the mindset shift around yourself. 
And you need to stop putting yourself at the end of your to-do list and putting everyone else before you. I understand we have a lot of people pleasers and a lot of givers that listen to the podcast. And I'm one of the, but if you really, really care about the people in your life, your roles and responsibilities, you will take care of yourself first. And I, you know, I've gotten a few DMs. They're like, I mean, like, you know, you're, you're a Christian, like you're, you're a Christ follower. Like, what about Jesus? Like, Jesus had a servant heart. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Jesus also took breaks. Jesus also prioritized rest. He made sure that he was resting, that he took time away. He took time for himself to do what he needed to do so that he could have a full picture so that he could pour into everyone else that he was ministering to and everyone else that he was discipling. So yeah, Jesus was a huge giver. And the reason that his ministry was so successful and was able to be sustained was because he didn't burn himself out. He prioritized rest. He took a Sabbath and he took that seriously. And he recognized that if you are not taking that time to rest, then, you know, it's, it's really self-sabotage masked as nobility. If you are constantly putting other people before yourself and not giving any time to yourself, it can come off like a really noble thing, like, you know, oh, I'm serving everyone else, but are you really serving people best in the way that they deserve and how your best self would want to show up for them and actually needs you to show up for them? If you're completely burnt out and you're irritable or you're distracted and you're just kind of in a chaotic state, no, if you take the time to replenish yourself, you can show up with more confidence and peace and greater productivity. You have more bandwidth to pour into other people. So. We need to come back to how the misses comes first, the MRS, this acronym I talk about all the time, me first, responsibility second, serving others third. You have to come first and you got, you got to handle your stuff, your immediate to-dos, your roles, responsibilities, and then serve others third. So those are the two mindset shifts that you have to make before you really we dive into like the nitty gritty healthy habits of a sustainable, healthy lifestyle as a busy corporate girly. After we make these mindset shifts, then we can start to dive into the healthy habits. And the first healthy habit that I would address is that you need a morning and evening routine that makes you feel like the main character. I'm going to link this up in the episode. I think I talk about this almost every other episode that you need a morning and evening routine that makes you feel like the main character. So you need to listen to episode seven, our main character morning routine episode that walks our process through step-by-step that I've been coaching people through for half a decade. I, I, I'm so cool. Like, it's so cool that I can say that, that I've been coaching people for half a decade on how to like sustain routines when they're really busy. And again, diet culture wants to tell you that your routine needs to be a million items long and that you need to check all these boxes and that a good routine has a lot of boxes to check. That's not true. It's about what you're doing in the morning, not how many things you're doing, quality over quantity. So you could just do one or two things in the morning. And if those one or two things are really intentional and they generate the feelings that you want to feel walking into your workday, then that's all you need. And then your evening routine becomes, how can I best prepare for those things in the morning? What do I need to organize? What do I need to lay out? What do I need to decide on? Get that all situated and then wind down. 
enjoy yourself, actually give yourself time to wind down and rejuvenate and rest so that you have the bandwidth to actually get done what you need to get done in the morning. I'm going to link up in the show notes to our sleep episode, how to stop snoozing, because I talk about that in that episode more on evening routines. Like if you struggle to get up in the morning to actually do any sort of morning routine, it's not a morning routine problem. It's an evening routine problem. The three main culprits that I see are that people are eating or drinking too close to bed, that people are using electronics that are keeping them up, or they are working and then just trying to go to bed. They're, they're not allowing themselves to wind down and they're staring up at the ceiling wondering why they can't fall asleep. It's like, honey, you didn't allow yourself to wind down. You literally just slammed your laptop shut and brushed your teeth and went to bed. You need more time to wind down. And I was just talking with a client this week who had started reading before bed instead of using her phone. And she's like, wow, at number one, I'm falling asleep so much faster and like, Easier, but I feel like I wake up and I'm more replenished and refreshed by reading before bed instead of being on the track. So you don't even know the quality of sleep that you're missing out on if we don't put no. our phones down. Truly. So go listen to How to Stop Snoozing if you struggle with like waking up in the morning and sticking with a morning and evening routine. And if you need help crafting your morning routine, listen to episode seven. The next is you want to get some sort of movement in. If that's a healthy habit that's important to you is getting movement in, then we want to stop calling movement workout or exercise because sometimes that can put too much pressure on us and we have maybe some beliefs or preconceived notions on what that looks like, where it has to be a workout where we have to sweat or it has to be you know, 45 minutes to an hour, whatever. And then if we can't do that, if our schedule doesn't allow for that, then we feel like we can't do anything. So when we switch our language, it's such a small shift, but it's really effective. When we switch our language to instead say movement, it opens our mind up to the plethora of possibilities that there are for ways that you can move your body. So it can give you more ideas on what you could do. And it's important to note that your movement compounds. So if you want to get 30 minutes of exercise in, do you know 10 minutes of something before you leave forward to a 10-minute walk at your lunch break and 10 minutes of stretching or yoga when you, when you get home. And boom, there's 30 minutes in your day, but 10 minutes might be a smaller barrier for entry, a, a smaller bite that you can chew and wrap your head around. Yeah, I have something to do for I, I, I can do something for 10 minutes. Okay, great, then do that. You know, and if maybe you just start with 10 minutes and you don't compound it, but that could be a good way to end up with more minutes of exercise throughout the course of your week by doing little bursts of movement throughout your day when you can to kind of leave it, leave it in. And it's so important to not just bookend your day with good morning and evening routines that are going to replenish you. It's not only important to move your body throughout the day, it's important to, especially as a corporate really to be taking breaks. And I know that this isn't a revolutionary concept, but it's so important that you are taking breaks in between tasks, in between meetings to refresh yourself. A lot of the fatigue that we feel at the end of the day is caused by visual fatigue. So we need time away from screens, away from electronics, so that we can refresh our energy. You can get more done in a really focused, 
20 or 30 minute block, then you can in a distracted two hour stretch or an hour and a half stretch, truly. So if you are finding yourself that you're getting distracted or you're scrolling on social media or your thoughts are going everywhere, like you probably need to take a break, take a step away and then come back and refocus yourself and you will get more done in last time. If you start to take more frequent breaks that are shorter, does it have to be a 10 minute break? Does it have to be a 30 minute break? It can literally be two to five minutes to stand up, refresh, grab a sip of water, sit back down. Okay. I'm going to release tension from that last task or that last meeting. I'm going to set a new intention and you will get more done in that following block than you you got possible than if you just worked all the way through. So it's really important to start taking breaks. Some clients have found it effective to work for 50 minutes and then take 10 minutes off. And I've actually found it helpful to do 20 minutes on, five minutes off. I tend to get pretty distracted on my phone and maybe it's because I use my phone for business, but you know, it's also TikTok is, as we know, very addicting. So I can say to myself, it's a very easy, you know, bite for me to chew. Okay. I'm not going to look at my phone for 20 minutes. Like I, I cannot look at my phone for 20 minutes. That's a very easy thing for me to commit to. And you would be shocked by how much work you can get done in truly a focused 20 minutes if you set a timer. So I use the app Tide, T-I-D-E, and we can link that up in the show notes. It's a free app. But I use, I love their um, my focus music. I use the music Muse and I'll set it for 20 minutes and then it gives me a five minute break and I'll rotate through that cadence. Maybe like three, four, five times, 20 minutes on, five minutes off. And I'm very strict with it. Like if I'm in in the middle of a sentence that I'm typing out, okay, I'll finish the sentence. But even if it's kind of like in the middle of an email or in the middle of a paragraph, like I will still take that five minute break. I'm very disciplined with it. And I recommend that you be too, or else you'll just commit yourself to, to keep working. The point is to build and kind of work that muscle, build that muscle of allowing yourself to take a break, to refresh, and then come back, refresh and renew. So 20 minutes on, five minutes off, 20 minutes on, five minutes off. And then that five minutes off, I'm not scrolling on my phone. I'm, I'm having a visual break from looking at screens and electronics. So I'm getting up with my body, I'm hydrating. And then I sit down and do work for another 20 minutes or so. And after I do that, like three, four, maybe five times, then I take a longer break, 30 or 60 minutes. And that lines up pretty well with when your lunch break should be, when you would have an afternoon snack, and then when it's time to leave work. So it ends up lining up pretty well when you would have those longer breaks anyway. So definitely take a break. And I know that three o'clock slump is a really common pain point for people. And most people turn to having another coffee during this time or having a sweet treat because we need some sort of pick me up and we find that we're not productive at the time. So I would recommend definitely taking a break during this time, but I just want to plant the seed that maybe we should change up what we do during this time so that we have a habit or a stack or something that will give us lasting energy. Because if you have a soda, if you have a coffee, if you have a sweet treat with nothing else with it, you are going to crash later. It's going to give you quick energy, but then you'll be fading and crashing just as fast. So it's not that you can't have a sweet treat. We know that all foods fit here, but I want us to have an addition mindset where it's okay, treat and, because if you want a donut, if you want chips or cookies or something like that, that's fine. 
but that's not going to sustain you. So what else can we have that, that can sustain? Maybe that's a protein bar. Maybe it's a hard boiled egg. Maybe it's, you know, a, a cheese stick, some turkey slices, um, some nut butter, something else, a piece of protein, a source of healthy fats that's going to sustain you a little bit longer. So it's like chips and that's what I want you all to think about. And that paired snack, that balanced snack is actually going to sustain you give you more energy in the second half of your day. So you can be more productive and get more done and more done in less time as well. And I want you to be thinking about with this, like a kind of a pseudo or smaller girl dinner. I know that the girl dinner trend has been going around and there's been a lot of hype around it. And I am a huge fan of girl dinner. And I have actually been doing girl dinner myself and recommending it to clients for years. It just, you know, now it has a title and people are calling it girl dinner. But essentially, it how it's supposed to be. I know people are taking this trend and they're having like one chip or one French fry and they're like, oh, girl no, that's not girl dinner. Girl dinner is supposed to be a balanced meal, but it's almost like an adult lunchable. It's almost like your own personal charcuterie board. All of the components are snacky, stuff that you don't have to cook, stuff that's already ready to go, but you're putting it together on your plate so that all together, it makes up the components of a balanced meal. And it has that addition mindset. I mean, I think there's a way to make the girl dinner trend very diet culture. Of course, diet culture just infiltrates everything, unfortunately. And like I said, people are just having like one chip and being like, oh, it's like, no, that's not the point of it. But it really can be um, just such a great, very accessible way for very busy people, especially in a corporate setting, to get nutrient-dense, balanced meals and snacks in. It's just they don't have a lot of time to cook. Maybe they don't have the cooking skills. Like y'all know, I, I, I'm not a good cook. I've accepted that. I own it. I can tell you what to eat. I just, I can't make it for you, truly. So I think the girl dinner trend is actually genius and I love it. And I have so many clients that have been doing it for a while and they have that addition mindset, that non-diet approach. What can I add to my plate that would add nutrients? So put the stuff on there that you want. If you want Oreos, if you want a piece of chocolate, chocolate covered pretzels, chips, Put that on your plate, but then also think to yourself, okay, what what could be my protein source? Could I add a fruit to that? Could I add a vegetable? Could we have some baby carrots or some sugar snap peas? If you're listening to this in the summer, they're in season now. Sugar snap peas are so good. And maybe what's a healthy fat source? Can I put some nut butter in there? Can I put a handful of nuts, something like that? Oh, there's your balanced snack. And that's going to sustain you, give you the brain power to actually be productive the second half of your day. And it's going to be more cheating. It's going to be more satisfying. So highly recommend it. I am obsessed with Grilled Dinner. And um, I think it's a really great way to start practicing that addition mindset and into intuitive eating that non-diet approach. I also think it's important to not skip lunch and actually take a break to eat lunch. I find that the three main reasons that people with really busy jobs and high achieving, like just high achievers in a really busy setting, especially our corporate girlies, the reasons why you're skipping lunch are because you're not prepping anything. So you're kind of like flexing on the fly for a meal. 
and just, no, I'll figure something else out later. It's like, no, we need to have something prepared. We need to be ready to go. We need to make those nutrient-dense options. Yeah, or else you're not going to have anything or you're going to choose something that's not going to make you feel good later on. So you need to make sure that you're prepping. And I'll link up in the show notes our meal plan and prep guide that can walk you through our Be About Being Better method of meal planning and prepping for your week, give you a grocery list and space in the guide to kind of write out your your meal plan for the week and what you plan to prep. And then that turns into your grocery list and your checklist for meal prepping to streamline that process for yourself. And it really is a great method. So highly recommend that. I'll put that free guide link in the show notes as well. Um, So that would be the first reason. People are skipping lunch because number one, they're not prepping lunch. Number two, sometimes people just genuinely forget to eat lunch. Um, I have a lot of clients that have ADHD and they're just like, look, I'm either don't get the hunger cues or I just genuinely forget or I'm just so busy. I just genuinely forget. And they're not trying to skip lunch and it just happens. And that's totally fine. However, it's not fine to keep skipping lunch. It's okay that it's genuine, but we want to do something about it. So in this case, I would recommend setting alarms, putting it on your calendar. So you have that push notification to remind you to eat and remind yourself that it's time to take a break and really schedule that like an appointment. And then the third reason that people tend to skip lunch is that they just genuinely have too much work and they feel like they just, they can't take a break and they need to keep working. And, you know, there are seasons that it's really busy, but I would still encourage you if you have a busy season, you need to be able to sustain yourself that season and food is fuel. So you're going to have more energy, greater productivity, more brain power if you actually take time to fuel yourself. You don't have to take a whole hour of lunch. You can take 20 minutes and refuel and then get yourself back in the game. Um, but when people tell me, when clients talk with me about having too much work and they feel like they can't take a break for lunch, I, I tend to dig a little deeper into that to see why that is and what's really going on underneath the surface. And normally one of two things is going on. One trend that I've seen is that when clients say they are working too much and can't take a lunch, normally that pressure to keep working is self-inflicted. They feel this pressure because they're a high achiever, because they're a perfectionist, because they're a people pleaser, or maybe they just got a new job and they, they feel like they need to prove themselves or they're in a male dominated environment. They feel like they need to prove themselves. So that pressure to keep working through lunch is self-inflicted. And if that is the case for you, I need you to go back and rewind it a little bit to what I, what I just said right before this, that you are going to be more productive. You're going to have more brain power, more energy, greater productivity, you're going to feel more refreshed if you give yourself the fuel. And lunch doesn't have to take that long. You can take 20 minutes, do your job and get yourself back in the game. And you're going to do higher quality work and get more done in less time. You're going to be able to prove yourself a lot faster if you if you actually feel yourself and you're going to be in the game longer. You're, you're going to avoid burnout if you feel yourself properly. Then the other thing that I tend to see, if it's not that, sometimes people work in an environment where the culture is that nobody takes a lunch, that people are just, you know, it's almost, I've had, oh my gosh, I've put so many clients that are in law school. And they're like, people brag about, oh my gosh, like I was up last night studying so hard in the library. Like I didn't get any sleep last night. Didn't even eat dinner. And they brag about it. 
it's like this badge of honor to be neglecting your health. And that's horrible. It's a horrible culture to be a part of. And I don't want to say like it's what it is. I think you can really be the change that you want to see. And like I said, I've coached so many clients that have gone through law school, have studied for the bar, and they've done great. They've been able to get workouts in. They've been able to meal prep. They've been able to hit their water bowl, not pull all-nighters, and actually bump up to the top 10% of their law school class and pass the bar successfully. I've had several clients where that's the scenario. So it can be done. Um, and I can help people get them. So obviously head to the show notes or my website if you want support with that and accountability. But if that's the culture that you're in, you know, I think you need to have that self-awareness and a willingness to approach things differently. And it might take you standing out from the crowd and being the one that's kind of counterculture in that sense and not feeding into that. And it also might take you having a tough conversation with a manager or supervisor about like, hey, like we need to set some boundaries because I need to be able to take a lunch break. Hello. Uh, don't worry, it's illegal if you're not taking a lunch break. But yeah, if that's part of the culture. It's expected for you to skip lunch and keep working. I, I would encourage you to have a conversation with a supervisor if that's the case for you and um, and just see what happens if you start taking 20 minutes to fuel yourself like how much work do you really get done during that time you know like how how much more productive are you and just do that little experiment with yourself try it for a couple days try it for a week see how much more refreshed you are and how different you feel and how positive it is experience it is and you can see for yourself is this something that is worth continuing and I can pretty much guarantee you that it will be but sometimes you need to just try it out for yourself and take action and just see and go from there we won't know until we try okay and then the last thing is we have so many of these different habits that we've talked about and we need to start weaving them in and I think there's kind of two camps here there are some people that are just a little disorganized and really live by their Google calendar. And if it's just not in their calendar and not scheduled like an appointment, it doesn't happen. So if that's you, then I would encourage you to get on your calendar and schedule these things out, figure out when you're going to grocery shop, when you're going to meal prep, when you're going to pack your snacks for your three o'clock slump girl dinner, your little adult lunchable. Like, when are you going to do that? And really schedule things out like an appointment. Are you going to walk during lunch? What workout are you going to do? What are you going to do for your morning routine? What time did you have to get up to start your morning routine? What time would you have to go to bed to get up in time and still get adequate? All of those different things. So if you're the type of person that really needs to schedule it out, that would be your action step after listening to this podcast, get it on your calendar. But then there are some of you that are such high achievers and you're putting too much pressure on yourself to do all of the things. So in that case, I would say you need to give yourself Race. You don't need to exert more discipline because you're probably so disciplined right now. You actually need to give yourself some grace and realize that something is better than nothing. Like if right now you're not able to make it to the gym for an hour and you don't see the workout being worth it, if you can't sweat and get to the gym for an hour and truly exhaust yourself, then you're the type of person that needs to, you know, do something for 30 minutes, do something for 10 minutes, just go for a walk at your lunch break, just do something instead of. You need to fight the urge to 
avoid doing that thing for your health and find that something you can do. And there was a study that came out recently that was all about self-compassion. And they found that the people that had greater amounts of self-compassion, meaning they had more warmth and understanding towards themselves, they were just kinder to themselves. And they realized that nobody's perfect, but they're kind of doing the best that they can. And they were just warmer to themselves. Those were the people that were actually able to sustain a healthy lifestyle over the long term. Those were the people that were more motivated to show up for themselves. So we all need a little bit more self-compassion if we want to cultivate a non-diet sustainable healthy lifestyle. Because if you can make these healthy habits more warm and inviting, you're going to be more willing to show up and follow through on them. You're going to be more likely to do them consistently. And the more consistently that you're showing up for yourself, like any results, any byproducts are going to be compound effect of that. So the point is, if you want to be consistent with a healthy lifestyle, you need to be more compassionate towards yourself. Because if you are more compassionate with yourself and you show yourself more warmth and understanding, that's going to help you develop a more positive relationship with the healthy habits in your life. You're going to be more willing to show up for those. And with more willingness to show up for those, the more consistent you are and the more results and more benefits you're going to see on the other end of that. So that is it for our episode today. Thank you all for listening and I will see y'all in the next episode. Love y'all. Hey y'all, thanks again for listening to the Be About Being Better podcast. I so appreciate you. If this episode made you laugh, smile, think about yourself or your life differently, in any way making your life better, I empower you to share the show with three people who, just like you, need to hear this message and have this type of transformation in their lives. I personally read all the reviews of the show and see the Instagram story shares and honestly gives me so much joy to see that our mission is making people's lives better and the reviews really do help in increasing our impact so thank you so much for taking the time to do that if you need personalized support with anything discussed in today's episode or need help creating a sustainable diet-free lifestyle take my quiz it's linked below in the show notes and that quiz will help you see which one of our coaching programs is right for you thank you so much again for listening and here's to being about being better Thank <laughs> you.